This is for the nerds. This is for the brainiacs. This is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back. You ain't gonna touch me. You're not gonna do nothing. You are not above me. I bet you wish you was me. I know it. I know. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Only Friends podcast. We have a very special episode for you today. We are going to take a deep dive back into the old 2 plus 2 forums, as well as a bunch of other archived information from way back in the early days of the poker boom, 2006 through 2008. Uh, we're going to give you a detailed account of the tragic Brandy Harbaker story, where uh, she kind of rose to infamy in the poker community and uh ultimately resulting in her taking her own life uh but prior to getting to the dark undertones of that story uh i want to kind of just introduce the crew as always and uh do a little catching up from the last 24 hours first and foremost we are joined today solo at the desk by melissa Poo dog. Look at that tight angle. Schubert. I think we wow. got a axe Landon. Yeah. Bye, Landon. Sorry, Landon. You got the good camera today. I know. Look at that. They were shafting me with the MacBook 2009 camera for so long. <laughs> Berkey was trying to make himself look better than me. Absolutely. Uh, I can't believe. I can't believe at this day and age that we're just accepting with Andre putting the beauty cam on, the uh, beauty cam filter. Wow. I, I thought we were past that. Wow. Oh, you think. You wish. You <laughs> wish this was a, this is natural beauty cam. That's an right. entire makeup box. I bring a makeup. I don't even have a glam team. This is how they're treating me. They don't even give me a glam If squad. you were on Bravo, you'd have a glam squad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Brian, to Bravo. are you volunteering to be part of the glam squad? Yeah, I mean... I could learn a few things. Maybe. He already yeah. knows. He, all he does is watch Bravo. He's watched the Glam Squad at work like a, what, a thousand times? At least, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he knows what he's doing. I think... I don't I think, think I could replicate Brian, it, though. Yeah, I think Conrad and Brian could definitely pull off being your hair and makeup artist without any problems whatsoever. <laughs> I'm very confident uh, that Conrad could thread your eyebrows. Yeah, he gets his <laughs> threaded enough that <laughs> he knows I how it goes. I can't thread no eyebrows, but I get mine threaded, I will yeah. say. There you go. Andre holding it down for us once again. Uh, we're going to try to work through that echo issue we had yesterday, but he's on it because he's the fucking best. And Christian, as always, my co-host, my PIC. What's, uh, what's good, man? Yo, what's good, man? I'm pretty... <laughs> this research from t for today's story got me a little messed up, man. Not going to lie, but I'm glad we're uh, leaving it for last. I, I got swamped with this i mean i got sucked in hard i was supposed to go to the gym this morning i was like can't i can't make it i i'm too engulfed the first thing i did was i woke up and i started uh deep diving right where i left off last night and i i just got sucked right in bro i it's, was texting uh, people like do you know about this <laughs> and they were like nah i was like what the fuck but i got mostly the cliff notes and the cliff notes were wild but I was crazy wild. so the whole entire story i'm actually excited to hear it myself but yeah, um, so Berkey, you're still, how was your first day in uh, Pennsylvania playing? Um, it's exhausting. I forgot how tiring streaming is, especially after doing a two-hour podcast right before. 
But it's good. Uh, the client's pretty nice. It's the party poker software, which is relatively clean. Um, not a ton of traffic, but uh, <laughs> we were able to get a couple games off. Somehow there was no cash game above uh, two cent, four cent running until I sat in quarter 50 and one, two. And then, you know, we were just full for five hours. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know what that says. They must think of very highly of you in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nah, man, it's they cool. got me in the one, two streets. Did you keep up with uh, any of uh, the poker go stuff? So uh, I saw a pretty hilarious thread yesterday posted by pads that uh, was kind of demonstrating the final table of the USPO between, yeah, between Foxen and uh, Chidwick. Yeah. Which, um, Bro, that was the for those greatest... who don't follow pads. That was the greatest thread, period. Like, I was just like, <laughs> I looked at it and I, was, and I was like, oh, okay. But then it kept going. And then, really I, and then I just like handed my phone over to someone and I was like, look at this. And they were like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> so uh, tell the people what we're looking at here. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty funny idea for a thread. Basically, Chidwick was going through and every time the two of them played a pot together, obviously they just engaged in a, <laughs> in a real, uh, <laughs> in a real bromance stare off. Love and embrace. He was, he was scoring it round by round as though it was a boxing match on like who won the stare off competition, you know, based on how the hand played based on mannerisms, who blinked first. Uh, there was a point where, where Chidwick was all in and just closed his eyes. And there's a, there's a shot of Foxen's like eyes bugging out of his head as a reaction. Um, no, one of the best really... ones, Perk? One of the best ones is. Yeah, this one, this one right here. <laughs> That's, that's, <laughs> that's awesome right there. Currently changed to uh, eyes fully closed whilst all in. If only he could see Foxen's expression. Foxen, brutal spot. <laughs> one, of the, one of the best ones that I saw where like, I think Foxen won a round was when Foxen used a time bank without ever looking at the flop. He was just straight up staring at, at Chidwick. And he had to use a time. He threw a time bank without ever looking at the flop. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was a troll. That was a oh, troll. Oh, was a Pat troll? It would have been better if it, was, yeah. if it was true. That's awesome. Like, just straight stare somebody down, throw the time bank, and you never look at the flop. <laughs> what? I mean, but, thank God for time banks. How, who knows how long these, uh, these stairs would engage before Did you see the one where they – I think I sent it in our, in our private chat where it was like – Someone created a, like a love song of them looking at it each was, other. Yeah, that was Lappin. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a love montage of them staring at each other. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty awesome. And then obviously the meme of like, find someone that looks like, looks at you the way Foxen looks at Chidwick. Yeah. Like, sure like <laughs> but it, there was a lot of Foxen people. Foxen got the last laugh. Yeah, Foxen did win the event. Congrats to Foxen. Good friend of mine. Um, but there was a lot of people saying, this is why poker sucks. Like, uh, you know, we don't like this, all, all this stuff. And Foxen actually responded and he said, well, I don't look at people like this level one of a tournament recreational players. Yeah. But he did say that he thinks it brings in higher EV for him. Like this is actually something that affects people's play. And I'm assuming that Chidwick feels the same way because he's engaging in it. Well, so is the stare to like make the other person feel nervous or is it to get reads or both? 
probably both. Yeah. It's probably like a, an intimidation. I've tactic. never done a stare type thing. I feel like when I, if I were to try to do it, I would just look like no. awkward. As I hell. think it would be much more effective on the people he doesn't do it on, right? Recreational players and and people yeah, but he does like less experience. Like it, when he does it to Chadwick, isn't like them doing it to each other. They kind of just like know that each one is, you know, what they're doing, and like they already know what they're what they're going to be. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it would affect the other person but they're I like trying to just did it to look one up cool each other photos. with the stairs well also you know the other the other argument was they're kind of going at it in a way like they're, yeah. they're staring each other down they're, they're battling and they're saying well is that better or worse than the heyday of poker when like dirt would just like stare blanketing into this board <laughs> and just like bet like this like and, and yeah. they're like don't you rather wouldn't you rather see this where like people are kind of battling it out staring at each other like there's actually like a little bit of a of a well, yeah, there. when people are complaining about it what what would they like to see would they like to see them smiling like that would be creepier if someone was smiling at you while you're making <laughs> a decision like i don't know what they want it's sort of like i think they want a, a marriage between helmuth and negranu okay of like they want the emotion of helmuth and they want the happiness go lucky of daniel yeah. negranu right but negranu is like He's, you know, happy-go-lucky, but he's getting information through his talking mm, and mm -hmm, stuff. So mm -hmm. that's like a more subtle way of yeah. right. And they edging. feel like that's skill, and they don't feel like they feel like this is just like I think that's more effective. I think just, it is too. Like honestly, the whole Chadwick boxing thing—it seemed a little silly to me. The way they were just staring at each other, like every hand, like it just. If that was me sitting there and I was one of them, I'd just start laughing. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't be able to keep a straight face. I'm like, dude, what are you looking at? But if they both, I mean, like it wouldn't intimidate me. We I haven't know. heard this from Chidwick, but we did hear from Fox say yesterday that he thinks this derives EB. Period. Yeah, no, I mean, so like, I mean, I believe him when he says that for I sure. Mean, Have you guys but, seen the hand from there's a Triton cash game hand? I think it's a cash game. And Jungle Man and Ike are playing a hand, and then Jungle Man's staring at Ike, and, yeah. he, and then he just goes, <laughs> right exactly that's what i would do right i would do something like that i'd just be like just okay just like out. let's just make a joke of so this funny so th what do we think about it i mean it, this is not the first stare down right we've seen no, of course no, we've seen and then i did see for... like people say they showed a photo of like dirt and ivy like staring each other down in a hand on poker after dark similar to the Fox and, and Chidwick. So it's, it's not the first no, time, right? right. Now, ben uh, Lamb is, is, is well, kind of like known for this, for the, the Ben Lamb stare, you know? Yeah, people do. So what do we think about the stare down? Is this something that, like, what do we, do we have any I, thoughts at all? I do mean, we think it was a good thing? Do we think it was like tacky? I don't care. Uh, I think it's, <laughs> I think people associate that sort of stare with poker a little bit to begin oh. with. And I think, I do notice, like, it definitely is because I've, I've been at, like, a 1-3 table <laughs> and I'll be in, like, the big blind and then the guy in the cutoff is just, like, staring me down to decide if he wants to open or not. It's just, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, just choose one. But it's, I think that it's something people will try to, like, emulate and yeah. fail. But yeah, it's, it's definitely going to get like, emulated. I, I just think it's overall pretty alienating. Uh, so going back to the comparison to Negreanu, like he's very gregarious and that makes people relax, which is generally going to get you more truthful information, I guess. Uh, of course, staring somebody down is going to intimidate them and, uh, they're, they're likely to crack under that pressure, but you're also talking about 
relative amateurs. I know Chance does this a lot, and I was kind of astonished at how unrelenting he was on like day four, day five of the main event, where uh, I played with him uh, on both days, and like he was just staring, like he was burning a hole through this woman who has maybe played like ten events in her life. Well, they're and... they're really good friends, Burke. Like the Fox Chance. Like... No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. right, right. But yeah. I'm just saying, like. Uh, though there might be an additional layer of EV there, um, I think it comes with a pretty big cost when you're talking about a situation like that where it's the biggest event this woman will probably ever play. It's like one of her first, if not the first 10K buy-in she's ever played. She's at a ridiculously killer table already to begin with, with Kuhn and Chance and myself and uh, you know six other pros. And now she has to like somehow find a way to not only play and survive, but also to uh, deal with a hole being burned through her by like one of the best players at the table. I um, think there was just, a like, head. Well, I was just gonna say it's just too jarring. Yeah, I think there was a heads up between. I think it was Chidwick and Chrissy B, where he uh, they asked her afterwards like how to deal with the stare and how he's really good at the live reads and everything and she said she just she just looked at the center of the table and just like counted her breaths like but i think that yep. dealing with the pressure that people put on you is part of the game live so no i i agree with that uh, so we're okay with it pro I'm, on pro is what we're saying like pro on pro it's it's, it's all good I mean, I'm relatively indifferent. Like, you know, if you're talking about the the overall benefits versus cost, I think the overall benefit to being gregarious over being an intimidating force is just a net positive for not only yourself, but also uh, the collective. Like, the best games you find yourself in will be loose, talkative ones, uh, not, not stare-offs. Those are going to be some of the worst games you play. But we're also talking about uh, a USPO where the final table is a bunch of killers. So... I don't really care what they do there. And uh, I think Pads did a great job of making light of it and, and turning it into a bit of a meme, which now does make it a non... Like, it makes a non-story a story, basically. Yeah, I agree with that. There was a little bit of Garrett. Someone took a shot at Garrett, showed a photo of him staring someone, at someone, and he made it a point to say that, don't he's bring me very, into this. Yeah, he's very, <laughs> again, very strong Like, I, I don't yeah. do that. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a non-story, but it was just funny to watch. Watch it go down. I on, love on. seeing stuff like that. I don't know. I think it's entertaining. It adds. It's just if they were just playing normal and not doing anything, it'd be kind of way more boring. Yeah. At least it gives you something to like make memes out of. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's it's, funny. It's good content for sure. I would love to see like some sort of bit where they just have a staring competition, like yeah, you know, for five k. Like have Poker Go host the Chidwick Fox and staring contest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would no, be really funny. Five K entry. I might tune in. I'm, they have to eat. They have I'm to eat like jalapenos while they're staring at each other. <laughs> they have to like jalapenos or like try and make each other. each other laugh type of thing. That would be fucking really funny. Have you ever watched those videos on YouTube? They're fucking hilarious. They're so funny. Yeah. Uh, guys will like tell each other dad jokes and the goal will be to like not laugh and usually they'll have like water in their mouth or something like that. It's, it's such a hilarious time to watch this uh, go back and forth with one another. So let's talk about online poker, Berg. You, you threw us a story about GG and WSOP and most of us were just like, when America, 
And so, so talk to us about that. You flying out um, to Canada? No. So this is news for a reason that I don't think is necessarily obvious to those who saw. Gigi was already operating in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, what's happening is Toronto is segregating themselves from the rest of Canada. So this is actually a bit of a step backward for online poker in Canada as a whole. Uh, at least as I understand it, I could be getting some of the details incorrect, which, or maybe Ontario is just so big that it doesn't really matter. But as far as I understand, uh, they're going from being a part of rest of world to now just being isolated to exactly the Toronto market. And as far as I understand, like Quebec and other markets are either still going to be a part of rest of world or not in uh, the GG player pool at all. That sounds awful. So what's happening... Well, it's a big deal for regulated poker for America, but it's kind of a step in the wrong direction, I think, for rest of world. If that makes if that makes sense. Yeah, this is like similar um, to Turkey. This is like similar to like what happened with Italy, uh, with like poker stars, where they just like yeah, except, themselves. Except you're not talking about a country now, right? Right. You're, you're talking, talking about, about cities. I mean, it's sort yeah. of like what so this is a lot. We do Nevada does exactly. It's a lot closer to what we do. Mm -hmm. which is the opposite of what we want. We're trying to get to uh, intrastate gambling right. instead of uh, you know, state-by-state state uh, legislation. We want yeah. to try to get it where the entire nation is Imagine. in the same player pool. Those Imagine feel like a step backwards. Unless combined. GG has like some big-picture plans of like including Toronto in their American plan. Yeah. Similar to It'd like, be how really the, weird. like NBA and MLB. Like, no, no, like you're part of America. <laughs> well, I think that I think that's the big picture uh, end game that benefits all parties involved is they find a way to now unite uh, the Toronto player pool with mm -hmm. already existing legalized player pools that WSOP's in, such as Nevada, New Jersey, yeah, um, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel like is that's the path that I'm seeing if I'm GG. Yeah. Like straight out of the, the NBA and MLB and just flew Toronto into, into the American market. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's big news for us because if legislation's moving this way in any way, shape, or form, uh, obviously that's, that's pretty massive. But um, for Canada itself, now, oh, maybe, it's, maybe it's big news for them too. Like maybe they would just be, they would rather be a part of legalized yeah. United States poker than rest of world. Yeah, maple. In crypto news, Bitcoin is popping. <laughs> Define popping. 44. 44. Don't get excited till it gets to 46. That's that's the that's the number, the number there. All the uh TA ooh, people ooh, are saying a pop. Ooh, a dildo. That's yeah. a, ooh. Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh. 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 All right. <laughs> It had resistance at 46, so they think yeah. if it gets past 46, it could, uh, it could take the off. Straight to 100. Ceiling. Straight to 100. Straight By to the 1 end of million. 20, All right, Berkey, so let's get, to, uh, let's, let's get to some of the real juice. I want the tea. All right. We have some tea today. Time to introduce the tea. Um, Wait, I like the sorry, one. Sorry, I don't know what's... Background. Yeah, yeah, I don't like know what's less distracting. You've got ghosts back there or something. Well, I don't know what's less distracting, me going in and out of focus or me just blurring the background. No, no, no. The, back, the background is Because you're still going in and worse. out of focus, but it's 
blurred it back there. Nah, the, the non-blurred is better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I'll change it back. Um, We're just making right. a bunch of pubes in the back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, let's, talk, let, let's get serious. No, let's get serious for a second because like yeah. this story is like pretty <clears throat> wild and uh, I want Berkey to tell it how he wants to tell it and then we'll all chime in accordingly. Okay, um, so back in 2006, uh, what, what I guess like the, the first part of the picture that I want to paint is how different the landscape was in 2006 compared to today. So social media by and large didn't really exist. Facebook was a brand new uh, operation. MySpace was still popular. And Twitter, as we know, it didn't exist. Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so a lot of the communication for those of us who came up during that time was done through forums, specifically the Pocket Fives forum and um, 2 plus 2. Now, sometime, uh, I believe in 05 or 06, uh, a secondary forum cropped up called Neverwin Poker, and it was founded by Dustin Neverwin Wolf and uh, Todd Dandruff. Uh, I always mispronounce his last name. Is it Whitelist? Uh, or Whittles? It's Whittles. Whittles. Um, yeah, who now is, uh, now he owns the, the poker fraud, uh, radio show and the poker fraud, uh, forum. Um, I'm, I'm painting that whole picture because this entire story unfolds on the pages of these forums. And since then, uh, it's all largely been, uh, eradicated from the internet. So two plus two deleted the vast majority of the threads, especially anything implicating Skolansky. Uh, and never win poker actually sold to poker news. So that also, uh, kind of disappeared into the ether. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of the past posts were lost. Am I frozen? Yeah, you're, yeah, frozen. you're a little frozen. You're using McDonald's internet today? No, I'm wired. Oh, there we go. Maybe not. All right, continue. So, um, so basically finding all of this information is not easy, right? You got to do a lot of searching, but huge shout out to everybody who was blogging back in the day, which was a very popular medium for sharing news uh, that pretty much copy and pasted all of these posts prior to them being deleted. So there are accounts to basically everything that happened throughout the course of the, the year and a half or so. Uh, that Brandy Harbaker was in the public eye. And we'll leave links to all of those posts in the show notes below uh, for anybody who wants to do their own research or uh, corroborate anything that we say here today. Uh, I want to get it out in the open that this was just a, a, a thing that I researched myself. Um, I wasn't involved in any of this back in that time i was still very young 2006 i had like 15k to my name was still in pittsburgh grinding underground games so i was very far removed from wpt winners and authors like skolansky and people that were grinding 10ks um so i'm basically just reporting what i was able to find not really any giving uh not really giving any first-hand accounts or anything of that nature um with all that said uh i kind of want to demonstrate who brandy was to the community uh at least as far as we know uh she came onto the scene mid to late 2006 
and uh effectively the first posts i could find from her were just like interactions between her and skolansky on two plus two where she was asking strategy questions so she seemed to just be a part of like you know the young startup online community uh was probably like grinding small stakes trying to make a name for herself uh and was able to actually engage with people who were a lot further along than she was um from there, uh, as far as I could follow, she had a little bit of success and was being offered backing deals um, basically by a variety of guys. She didn't really go into detail as far as I could tell from her post, uh, but none of them were appealing to her for whatever reason. Uh, one, she claimed the guy wanted a two-year deal and was creepy about it. Uh, but anyway, this all led her to meeting Captain Tom Franklin, uh, who, if you're unfamiliar with, was uh, a World Series bracelet winner, is a World Series bracelet winner. Uh, he was, as you can see, uh, a part of Doyle's room. Uh, just basically the old-timiest of old-timey regs. Um, and he took a liking to her, approached... I don't know if he approached her or she approached him, but uh, in any event, he offered her uh, a level of mentorship and backing, and he even went out of his way... Uh, according to the post that I read, to state that uh, they would be on a very rigid schedule where they met at certain times because he didn't want people getting the wrong idea, uh, you know, old guy, young, attractive girl, et cetera, et cetera. So by her account, uh, mm -hmm. everything went well for the first month or so uh, until they eventually went on a trip together to uh, Canada and then ultimately Foxwoods. Somewhere along the duration of that trip, uh, they were staying in the same hotel room, and I guess as she was asleep, allegedly he climbed into bed with her naked, uh, placed his penis on her back, and tried to initiate some sort of uh, sexual activity or, or whatever. Uh, by her account, she was traumatized, slept in the bathroom using towels as blankets, and, um, you know, basically... Didn't know what to do from there. Uh, one detail I forgot to mention was that upon uh, entering in this backing arrangement, she said she had 12K of a bankroll, and he kind of demanded that she forfeit that to him to hold uh, mm -hmm. for safekeeping. Yeah. So he's basically holding her, her net worth in his hand uh, and put himself in an obvious position of power. Um, and as far as I could tell, there was no denial of this. Uh, I, I didn't find a single account of uh, Tom kind of like stepping up to his own defense. Uh, and she was and stranded out there, right, Berkey? She was, she was stranded out there at, uh, at the Foxwoods? So ultimately, that's what it came down to. Uh, there's a little bit more to the story prior to that. But uh, effectively, somewhere between the penis incident and going to Foxwoods, uh, Tom started to disengage with her more and he seemed to be, uh, I don't know if he was less flush or whatever the case may be, but uh, he seemed to tighten the purse strings with her. Um, enter this young woman named Amanda, who was 22, that he was claiming was his daughter. Uh, basically, by Brandy's account, uh, Amanda had told him or told her that she had met Tom two years ago. He promised her uh, a high position in his company, which apparently didn't exist. And she had basically been getting leveraged for sex ever since, became an alcoholic because of it. Wait, and he uh, was saying again, this, this was his all... daughter? He was telling everybody publicly that it was his daughter, yeah. 
he was a married at the time and b 30 plus years her senior uh, maybe more um but again this is only corroborated by brandy and uh i believe uh witless also made a post saying that uh he saw this girl with tom at the world series uh later in that year um so I guess they all had a, a collective suite together at Foxwoods. And uh, again, according to Brandy's account, uh, he was very irate because uh, she was sick or, or whatever the case may be and wasn't uh, offering any sexual favors. So the next night, he and his quote-unquote daughter Amanda got a, a, a room together alone. Um, and from there, uh, basically, Captain Tom disengaged with uh, Brandy altogether. Now, obviously, there are two sides to this story, and we're only hearing one account of it. So, who knows how much of those details are true? But I would imagine it's greater than zero and less than a hundred. Um, all of this then leads into the next event in the timeline, which is her meeting Mark Newhouse. Uh, he was fresh on the scene at that point, right off of a WPT victory for 1.2 million. I believe it was at the Brigada. Yeah. Uh, and was basically like one of poker's young uh, rising stars. I believe he played under New Hizzle Online. Um, she met him at Foxwoods, kind of told, her, told him the whole sob story and the fact that she had no way home. Uh, he bought her a plane ticket back to, I think it was Vegas at the time. Um, and... As best I could tell by both of their posts, they were seeing each other in some capacity, but Brandy claimed that they never slept together and Mark didn't really insinuate that they had either. It was just clear that they had some sort of like friendship or relationship. Uh, basically, he made it very abundantly clear that he uh, kind of took pity on her and yeah. wanted to do right by her um or at least felt bad enough for her that he wanted to to help uh and she also even after they had a big falling out continued to post very nice things about mark basically everybody who uh commented on the new house uh element of this story said that he's a kid with a heart of gold who was in a position to be taken advantage of um so that kind of leads into the next incident uh they took a trip together to la and mark was grinding live uh, while attempting to teach Brandy sit and goes. Uh, and I guess he was allowing her to play on his PokerStars account um, without any supervision. What that ultimately led to was her busting his account. Uh, by, his, uh, by his account, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40K. She claimed it was a lot less, and she also claimed that he was overseeing the entire process. Um, but... From everything I read, it seems like her side's exaggerated and uh, he has a lot of alibis saying that he was playing live the majority of that time, mm -hmm. um, which means that uh, it, it's just very probable that like she was unsupervised or, or whatever the case may be. In any event, um, even after all that happened, he still didn't really cut ties with her. Like It seemed like he took pity on her and uh, he bought the sob story or whatever the case may be. Uh, this ultimately led to them driving back to Vegas. Uh, there was a lot of, I guess, unimportant details that she posted uh, where they were interacting with Neverwin along the same 
uh, timeline, I think. Um, but it was, it was it's largely irrelevant. Uh, he doesn't play much of a role in this story. Uh, in any event, um, you know, she kind of keeps telling him more about herself, and uh, it seems as though he's like pretty disgusted and just kind of chalks her up to being uh, a bit of a scandalous individual who's looking to take advantage of people for her own personal gain. Uh, ultimately, cuts ties with her and then begins to basically publicly defame her uh, in hopes of either getting his money back or, um, I guess, like working out some sort of plan where she can make right by him. Mm -hmm. uh, that takes us into early-ish 2007, so like spring 2007, let's call it. Like Perky, was there, was there an event, and uh, I, I was reading something where it was an event with with Newhouse in a bathroom, potentially of of her. Oh, I can't believe I glossed over that. Yeah, Jesus. that's. Uh, uh, right. I, I got you back. Yeah, what a big detail. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Good catch. Uh, so while they were in LA, um, when he came up from the room that night, he found that uh, or she was already in bed or whatever. Like he he had just lost a pal playing playing live, and he was exhausted. Found that she was already in bed. Um, and he woke her to see that she had a giant cut in her leg. Uh, and then he realized, like, you know, she cuts herself when she's depressed or whatever the case may be. He goes in the bathroom and allegedly she wrote, uh, someday I will fly or I will fly one day on the bathroom wall in blood. Uh, so that kind of like led to the final fallout where they drove back to Vegas, parted ways. Uh, and I believe even after that, he like still put her in uh, a satellite but there's kind of like uh there's kind of like a funny hearsay story involved with that so his account was they were driving back to vegas and she said that uh i, I can't remember who she was talking about but basically somebody offered her uh the the staking for a satellite for i think it was like festival lago maybe um if uh she would exchange anal sex for it and her reason for telling the story to Mark was she said that she would rather do it with him than this other guy. And he's like, I lost all respect for her there. Yada, yada, yada. But then he ends the thread with, but I put her in the satellite. Mm. And it's just kind of like, what do you mean? Right. What are you talking right, about of here? Course. Uh, so, you know, there's a little bit of an inference there that something happened, but she later set the record straight and said that she only gave him a hand. I don't know, man. Like, okay. This is, <laughs> this is all weird to me, but uh, she claimed she gave him a handy and got a satellite ticket in return or maybe she was talking about the other guy it's unclear because all of those um all those radio shows that she appeared on all the videos everything like that was all taken down okay so now we get to current day we're in like the spring of 2007 uh it seems as though she has fallen on hard times uh allegedly she had started stripping at the rhino um from there, uh, she was still interacting with a lot of poker, poker personalities, everybody from Dutch Boyd to Mike on to um, uh, the, the previous guys we were talking about, like Neverwin and uh, Mark Newhouse. Uh, at this point, enter the Skolansky portion of the story. Uh, and I guess maybe prior to that, what I should say is I think she started dating somebody around this time named Brandon. It's difficult to it's difficult to tell like what the timeline was that they dated, but as far as I can tell, he was the last relationship she had prior to her suicide. Brandon was um, definitely in the and, picture for sure. Brandon was in yeah, the picture somehow. Yeah. Right. He's not that and relevant. There's no, 
Well, it's tough to give him relevance because we don't know who he is. Right. So all we know is that his name uh, is Brandon and his online name was... Uh, P something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like... Pimp Rexel. Pimp Rexel or something. Yeah, Pimp Rexel. That's right. Um, but I couldn't find any pictures to, to marry that or uh, any last names or anything along those lines. So all I know or all we know of him is uh, his own account. It seems as though he was a pit boss when he first met Brandy. I think he met her while she was stripping at the Rhino, I believe he said that. Um, and Shout out to the Rhino. It seemed as though he threw a lot of money at her uh, to try to aid in her problems and, and make things go away. Uh, he said while he was working a shift one day as a pit boss, he decided to run her name and discovered that there were numerous accounts of her being 86 for solicitation. Uh, so it seems as though she was uh, exchanging sex for money at some point along the way. Um, he also claimed that she was physically violent towards him, uh, and it ultimately resulted in her totally rugging uh, his entire life. Basically, uh, they had a fight, he left, and she sold every earthly possession that he had out of his apartment before ultimately uh, running to L.A. and then shortly thereafter committing suicide. Now, the big chunk that falls in the middle here that we're kind of leaving out is uh, former 2 plus 2 owner and author of The Theory of Poker, David Skolansky. And I have to tell you, this is where the story takes a wild, wild sharp turn, in my opinion. And I think the biggest reason why I think it's so insane to me is based on how curt he was about, I guess making passes at this girl and like trying to leverage uh his position of power in exchange for sex like he literally made no bones about the fact that uh he was very interested in her and uh was totally willing to uh exchange in a tit for tat type of relationship um so as as far as both accounts go Skolansky and uh um Sorry, her name's slipping my mind. Brandy. Yeah. Uh, they both say that they met uh, sometime around the summer of 07. Uh, at this point, she had been blowing up the 2 plus 2 forum. Um, you know, between all of the drama with her current boyfriend, Brandon, her ex-boyfriend, Mark, uh, as well as the Tom Franklin story, which was the first post that she had put up that caught fire. It had like 600,000 hits in a couple of months well over a million by the time that they ultimately took it down. Um, and I think, uh, I think I gave you that post, Andre, if I recall. Um, I think we might have glossed over it during, or maybe, maybe you did put it up and I, I just wasn't paying attention. But anyway, um, that whole account will be linked in the show notes below. You guys are welcome to read it for yourself. Uh, that post apparently just blew up. Uh, 2 plus 2 ultimately did decide to remove it, but Skolansky was very aware of it. And according to his account, he was made aware of it because of the traction it was generating his site, but it had like, you know, 2,000 pages to it, and he was never going to read the replies. So he basically said that he had no idea of the Newhouse scandal, and uh, he was only briefly aware of Brandy based on this post and uh, her allegations against uh, Captain Tom. So when he finally met her, he, his account says that he thought it would be funny if they would stage photos together. 
other accounts, uh, I believe both Brandy and um, Dandruff both posted that these stage photos were pornographic in nature. So uh, I don't know what that entails. I don't know if it was both of them or if she just sent him nudes. Whatever the case may be, they came to an agreement to exchange these photos for a few hours of coaching. Um, shortly thereafter, uh, I guess Skolansky took a liking to her and believed in her ability to play. So he entered in a mentorship with her, exchanging publicity for 2 plus 2 and himself in exchange for more coaching hours. So uh, according to him, he was basically trying to leverage her celebrity. He wanted her to mention that he was her coach in interviews and things of that nature. Uh, and he was basically trying to invest a small amount with a big payoff should she be able to uh, live up to her potential. Are we going to talk about like... Somewhere in between. I mean, yeah. are we going to talk about the... Like Skolansky's taste in these photos, or I mean, like, that's way, 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 way down the line. Right, that cool. doesn't happen for. No, me. I'm just excited I'm for it. <laughs> um. So, uh, I guess it would be. I guess it would be like January of '08. Now, uh, shit really starts to hit the fan at this point. By all accounts, Brandy is busted and uh, has no means to an end. This is after Brandon exposes her for emptying out his apartment and selling all of his worldly possessions. Uh, it seems as though she's in L.A. degening off whatever she was able to acquire for that money. And at that point, uh, she reengages with Skolansky. And he seems to welcome it uh, because uh, he basically made no bones about it. There was uh, a post that he made. Um, actually, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, prior to that, she had leaked um actually i'm not sure if it's prior to her re-engaging with him or not but as far as the timeline is concerned uh the next meaningful event was she began to leak uh information about david based off of the fact that uh mason melmuth had decided to delete her post at two plus two so she went on a tirade uh trying to leverage the information that she had on skolansky in order to get her post reinstated and her account unbanned uh, when that failed, I think she leaked them to MyCon, who ultimately posted them at Neverwin, uh, Neverwin Poker Forum. And the first of which was uh, exposing Galansky's significant other, who was a very young 20-something that suffered from um, disabilities. In, she, yeah, she was Physical mentally disabled mental. based on the fact that she was inbred with her parents being uh, brother and sister. Yeah, so she was a byproduct of incest, and uh, apparently she was like blind in one eye, uh, lacked motor skills in maybe her left side or or something along those lines, um, and uh, by all accounts was like thirty five years his junior. Uh, so she threatened to release that, and I guess ultimately Skolansky just released the information himself, or maybe the emails leaked, and then he followed up with a post, uh, which we do have. Uh, and we'll show you. We'll also link that in the show notes. This is a picture of Sue, uh, his significant other, posing next to a doll. Uh, Sklansky actually posted this photo, so uh, it's not like this is something that we drudged up from the depths. Um, he was very forward about it in his 2 plus 2 post that ultimately got deleted, basically uh, giving a breakdown of you know, uh, the issues that, that she has uh, physically, et cetera, but, you know, also uh, 
corroborating that she is mentally well and has an IQ of 125 and uh, her her mother is very well aware of their relationship and is happy about it, uh, things of that nature. Um, he just, yeah, didn't, didn't really seem to uh, be ashamed of much. From there, um, more emails start to come to leak and more Skolansky defense posts start to come out on 2 plus 2. So uh, the next post, uh, we've, I, I kind of fragmented a few quotes, but uh, I don't know if this was right after she killed herself or right before. I'm guessing it was right after based on the first sentence of with her blackmail weapon now gone, I can explain. Um, but basically he said he was very frank with her from the beginning and said that he would hit on her just like Captain Tom did. Uh, and that she replied, the only thing she disliked about Captain Tom was that he was sneaky. Had he asked to be a sugar daddy, she would have went for it. Uh, he said, I took that to be an offer, which I reluctantly refused. But we did occasionally get flirtatious and slightly naughty. I once grabbed a vibrator out of my glove compartment and put her between her legs. If that disgusted her, she never mentioned it. When I would visit, she would often lay in my lap and she was flirtatious with Sue also. Sue hoped I would bring her home, um, you know, basically insinuating that he was hoping... Uh, or she was hoping to have a threesome. Um, from there, it goes on to uh, kind of talk about a little bit more of their their exchanges, I guess. Uh, he he had mentioned to like uh, that that like the captain's Tom, Tom story was like totally dismissible. Like she should have expected a tit for tat relationship in that scenario. Uh, and now this catches us up to after the break when they re-engaged. Uh, he said, I lectured her a lot. Uh, when I got to LA last month, I had some phone conversations with Brandy and one of them, I mentioned that I hate it when girls shave completely. She surprised me by saying that she was just the opposite and volunteered to come to my room and prove it in bikini panties. We didn't get around to that. The next day I met her for dinner with two friends and she acted like a bitch towards me. Trivial stuff, but completely uncalled for. Given the help that I had recently given her, it was part of the reason I cut my trip short, but we still remained somewhat friendly. Um, so effectively, he kind of like exposed his kinks to her. She played on that and tried to leverage it. You know, this is a point in time where uh, it seems as though she's getting pretty desperate. As best I can tell, this is right around that January 08 timeline uh, after she had stolen from her boyfriend and liquidated all of his stuff. Um, the follow-up then was, uh, you know, a couple days had gone by and Brandy was playing again, uh, said she had a windfall of money and was playing on her own, didn't need Glansky's money, yada, yada, yada. And he goes, okay, that's fine, but, like, where are the pictures? Uh, had she said it had made her feel uncomfortable or that she didn't have time or some such thing, that would have been okay. Instead, she wrote, I told you that I would send it, but I didn't say when. What? She's treating me like a sucker. What did I do to deserve that? That set me off to write the other emails that you may have read. And when I use the expression, well, that, that's not important. You'll understand when you read the other emails. But basically, that leads us into the next exposed email that Brandy published. And this one's pretty dark. This is basically just a four or five paragraph threat that Skolansky sends to Brandy, basically saying, like, uh, Sue is the most important person in the world to him and that uh, he doesn't want her being brought into this, and that should Brandy choose to bring her into it anyway, uh, effectively there will be hell to pay. Um, he threatened her, uh, basically saying like that he knows people 
who have friends, who have friends that do nasty things at the blink of an eye, drive-by shootings, etc. To do something like throw paint on one of your good dresses would be nothing to them. Uh, perhaps it might even be worse, like acid to the face. Uh, basically saying, like, I would never want them to do that, but you know those guys, they might just do it to make me happy. Uh, that type of stuff. Or just to please me. That's what he meant by the please me thing. Uh, asking nothing in return. They might even think I'd like it better if it was... At oh, right there. Sorry. Uh, the reason I'm telling you this is not because there is something you could do to change things. There's nothing you can do either for me or to me. No, I'm the, re or the reason I'm telling you is because the anticipation of wondering what will happen is at least as bad as the act itself. You proved that to me when you put me through the anguish of worrying about Sue. Basically, the only option available is to leave the poker world forever, ply your trade elsewhere, Suicide wouldn't be a bad option either. If you do that, I promise to stop badmouthing you. Uh, this was one month prior to her actually committing suicide. So ultimately, uh, the relationship comes to a head. It seems as though Brandy was in a pretty dark place without many outs. Uh, a little bit about her backstory that I was able to find both from uh, Brandon's account as well as her biological mother's account was that she was, a, uh, I think she was abducted by her stepmother and her biological father um, who abused her as a child and uh, basically uh, even abused her into death. According to her mother's account, which I found on Facebook, uh, it effectively said something to the, to the uh, it, was, it was very long and rambly, but something to the effect of, uh, after she killed herself, uh, her father didn't even let her biological mother know, and they like left her in the coroner's office for weeks and then faked the death certificate in order to get her uh, final possessions. Uh, there was also like not necessarily a suicide note, but I think she wrote like uh, a poem or a song and sent it to her best friend and referenced a lot of the bullying tactics from uh, her stepmother. We, I think we have a frozen Berkey. Um, all right, so. This shit is wild. The girl commits suicide after Skolansky. In said thread. Oh, uh, and then he's back. Sorry, Berkey, we lost you there for a second. I tried to uh, fill in for what you I were heard. saying. Um, yeah, yeah, so effectively, like, when it's all said and done, uh, everything boiled over. She seemed to have no other recourse. Ultimately hung herself. And, uh, you know, the tragedy is what it is um the the big reason why i wanted to tell this story isn't because i wanted to shine a light on uh who may or may not be at fault or even for the aspect of uh trying to portray brandy as something that she wasn't um i think it's more so just like fascinating watching this all unfold before our eyes in a public eye and it kind of correlates very closely to a lot of what we see today in the the fishbowl that has become both reality TV and social media. Uh, it's disturbing, man. Berkey, um, I want to go back to that uh, that photo. Uh, Andre, can you pull up that photo with uh, Skolansky, like pinning Corner? pinning her to the wall? Like this is a really disturbing photo. It's actually interesting. You're bringing this photo up. Because I feel like reading that last post that he said was essentially 
backing her into a corner mm. like completely where it's she said you there's nothing you can do about this there's nothing you can say there will be these people who in order to please me will do stuff like drive-by shootings or throwing acid on you and there's nothing you can do about it and suicide would be a good option it's, i mean it sort of is really uh not that she was innocent but but i mean this is a guy who had a a name after this who I mean, was referred to as a, a like in many articles the father of poker strategy stuff like that right. where it, sure somebody can be good at poker strategy and also be a terrible person behind closed doors but the fact that this never even stained his reputation at all and he's basically backing this girl who he there was an imbalance in power dynamics clearly this is something this guy likes he likes he likes having the upper hand He's housing and, you know, being a significant other to somebody who's physically and mentally disabled. He gets off on these imbalanced power dynamics. Yeah, can we pull up dynamics. that photo with, with, the, with the doll? I mean, forget staying his reputation. Like, he should be in jail for this. Yes, and the fact that, the, the thing that made him angry, clearly, is that sh he felt like she got one over on him. Mm. She, I didn't get my end of the deal. She got one over on me, therefore she should die, sort of thing. He, this guy clearly just... He wants to have the upper hand in in all of his dealings with women. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt same thing as you with like when this story when we started digging the, this story up, and I was like, wait a second, like I didn't know any of this. I've been around 15 years playing professional poker. I know Skolansky as like super clean rep, owner of Two Plus Two, the biggest form we've ever seen. Like this was super swept under the rug. I had no idea. Like. And how I look at it is, is like, there, was, there were signs, right? Like, him posting the, the photo with the doll with Sue, I, like, I look at that and I'm like, do you think this is, like, a sign of thinking that what you're doing is normal? Like, like this isn't a normal situation, what you're, what you're portraying the world. Like, it, it's odd that he chose to put that photo to make it seem like what he was doing was correct or or normal or guys don't worry like we're good like look at this photo with a, a doll like that, that seemed pretty uh odd to me and then the photo with the like him pinning her to, her to the wall this is like th there was definitely clear signs of like something's up here this might not end well like what are we gonna do and then like i guess no one wanted to get in that because like yeah. at the same time like what you're saying maybe skolansky was someone not to be messed with at the time like it was like you know like i don't know so it's it's people like but that that happens a lot right when like you said he posts this picture and it's like people that are narcissistic like that they 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 don't and, and have this power or or the that mindset that they do things like that right where they they don't think that there's anything wrong with that and, and we don't know Skolansky's side of the story, right? No, so right, right. It's important for us to remember that we're looking at well, it. we kind of do. We see an email. No, we, we kind yeah, of do. We, yeah. we do, we do know his. Yeah, that's fair. Right. That's fair. And he's corroborated. These, these aren't just emails, right? Like, he actually, a lot of these are, are follow-up posts, like, explaining his position of it all. And that final one that uh, I just showed you, where he was addressing the emails and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure that was right after her death based off of him saying, now she doesn't have any leverage over me. So there's a lot that I cut out of that email, but uh, essentially he started off by saying, uh, you know, once she made it clear that she was going to bring Sue into this, 
I went into damage control mode and I did everything that she asked in order to keep her at bay, including, uh, you know, giving her money and uh, trying to fulfill her wishes of getting posts unbanned and, and things of that nature. Um, I think, you know, as far as like him being so forthright with, uh, taking ownership of all this, I, I think that like that is very reflective of a mindset and culture where he doesn't think he did anything wrong, right? And I don't think it's that mm -hmm. far removed from uh, you know kind of a liberal mindset when it comes to like kink culture and, and things of that nature. Being in Vegas, probably the majority of his his days, uh, I think that like the idea of a transactional relationship that's tit for tat when it comes to a young, beautiful woman in an industry that he has clout and power in, probably just made a lot of sense to him. And uh, as far as these other guys like Newhouse and Brandon, like, man, do I understand that element. Like, the, the type of girls that are so dangerous are the ones that make you feel needed, but ultimately are looking for a transaction. and. Uh, the type of person that falls victim to that is somebody who wants to be generally helpful. Like that's just their natural nature, or that's just their nature, right? Whether it's with a significant other or just a stranger or whatever the case may be, like they're now susceptible to somebody who's looking for a transactional relationship because they don't operate transactionally, right? They cooperate. And uh, I could just see, uh, and granted, like, you know, a lot of Newhouse's posts were very inflammatory because he was just, very hurt and angry as far as uh, I could tell, but it's like, I could see that. It's like, I've, I, I know girls like that. I know women like that in this industry. I I've dated women like that in my past. It's just like, I completely understand. And to some degree, my mother was like that, right? It's like, she did everything she could to survive, uh, having no means to an end on her own. So it's like that level of manipulation is, uh, very terrifying. Or, or very uh, exploitative, I should say. And somebody like Skolansky, who seems to be extremely exploitative in his own right, probably just sees it as a mutual exchange, right? Until mm. she got the best of him, like Melissa said. I don't know, man. Uh, like, what takeaways? What takeaways do we have? Does this change the I mean, view I of Skolansky? I mean, it changes my view of Skolansky. Like, well, I knew all this. Like, I, I watched this unfold on the 2 plus 2 forums in 2006. Uh, I didn't remember it to this great of detail because, you know, this happened over an 18-month period. And you're talking about, like, the tea dropping, like, once every few weeks. And I wasn't that engulfed in the online forums to have kept up. But uh, when I, I remember moving to Vegas and seeing Skolansky for the first time at Bellagio, like, 2009, 2010, and just just thinking, like, this is such a withered... Uh, washed up old man type of of mentality based off of you know some of the details that were leaked here but i also just think that like there is a cultural underbelly that that thinks that this is okay right like there's a certain level of high status men whether it's through wealth or clout that look for subordinate women who are in trouble and uh you know they can leverage whatever whatever assets they have in order to get an exchange that they're looking for. And I think for a lot of guys that don't really hold themselves in high regard otherwise, that's a means to an end. You know, it's, it's totally fine. And we've come a long way since 06.
right? Like this isn't that far removed from the the Harvey Weinstein stuff in the Me Too movement. Uh, you know, this isn't all that different from Trumpian behavior where everybody involved is expecting quid pro quo. You know, it's we still hear under or grumblings of this type of stuff happening and, and there's more and more being exposed every single day. But this is a tale as old as time. Pretty girl leverages looks to find a, a way to advance. Uh, power hungry man leverages clout and money in order to get what he wants. And then ultimately when that fails, uh, seeks vengeance in some way, shape or form. I mean, I'm completely convinced that happened five years ago. Oh, sorry. I don't think you can be in prison for cyberbullying. I mean, she committed oh, suicide, oh, though. She committed suicide. That, he would, would be that, like, that's yeah. something. Cases, for sure. like, yeah, I, I think so. I, I mean, mean if... I think he could definitely be, could be argued that there was some some sort of at, stuff there that could be... At uh, the bare minimum, there, would be, there would be civil cases Just against him, Just that one email sure. is enough to yeah. charge him yeah, with something that's like this. Yeah, so yeah. I'm looking on the internet right now and just looking at other cyberbullying cases, and it's, it's absurd. There was it's one. Like, what, was the, what was the Rutgers case? You was, was, the they, Rutgers they, case? they showed videos for that. Okay. Like, they um, showed sex videos for that. Oh, okay. There was so. one where a, um, either... I don't know who did it to who, either a girl... I think it was a girl told a, a, a boy in college to kill himself oh yeah i feel like that was in new and hampshire he did yeah. and then she she was tried for it so yeah i think if uh, this had happened later with all this stuff on the internet there's no way one, he would 2013 in florida where a 12 year old girl was you know basically just talking shit on the internet yeah this and, one michelle carter yeah and she was charged with cyberbullying after a child right uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is way before cancel culture that this took place, but um, even 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 catching up the current day, I guess, like I'm just astonished at the lack of ripple effect. I mean, this was covered intently, as far as I could tell, by everything that was deleted. Uh, this was very, very, very well publicized in 2006 through 2008, but it right. also appears because two plus two was the number one media forum in all of poker at that time it seems as though skolansky had some sort of leverage or pull to not have this become mainstream media so i couldn't find anything on poker news covering this i couldn't find anything in card player covering this i mean just so much you know, the clout. major media outlets at the time right he just has so much clout yeah. so much pull like his his network between his company and the people he knew was just probably massive right like like there were there were uh I remember just like reading the, the article. It was like Dole Brunson like helped this girl out. Like, you know, it, it was just like everyone had a piece of this, like either directly or indirectly. Uh, and it's like Skolansky saying like, hey, we need this to go away. I'm sure between his friends and friends of friends, like it just went away. So when, it's, when he it's posted. It's truly remarkable. When, when, uh, so when he, when he was posting like these stories on 2 Plus 2, this was. This is before she committed suicide? Yeah. I, okay. I think I think 
only I'll, the last post I yeah. believe was, was I mean that would make sense like he's posting all this stuff and then and then she actually does commit suicide then he wants to sweep it under the rug mm -hmm. right is that kind of what what, yeah. what what happened because he was like why would he be so open about it and then all of a sudden decide to sweep it under and the rug and that last but email that we saw was in March and she committed suicide in mm -hmm. April so then he's probably like oh shit I need to like I need to get rid of all like this. all these websites and uh, all these all the, all the poker websites, all the books, everything, they all advertised on 2 plus 2. So, and I'm sure that had direct correlation with like how much business you had because everyone's main poker site at the time was 2 plus 2. Every book that was published in poker was published by 2 plus 2. That didn't change for many, many years. So it's like being blackballed by 2 plus 2 probably had a very negative effect on your business. So... When Skolansky's saying like, hey, we need to get this under the rug. You'll be on my good side. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll do business together. Probably something that many people said, okay, like no problem. And, that, and that's the problem. It seems insane to me that an email could be published, written by David Skolansky, that ends with saying, if you commit suicide, I'll never badmouth you again. And then she kills herself. And not one major media outlet picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's absurd. That's, that is absurd. I think today it would be a different story. For Do you sure. think that it was a time period thing, maybe? Less, less of that in the sure. news like, back uh, then? I'm not even talking about poker news, right? Like, yeah, he's how, talking about straight up. How yeah. is this not a national story? Right? Like, how, how is Dateline not interested in this? I'll talk to Keith You know, Morrison. I guess there's no crime. I mean, but I there mean, might be a crime. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go too far and say that. Like, this, that email just alone is pretty close to a crime. By today's standards, but not by 06, 07, yeah. 08. So I guess my point is, like, nobody was going to be indicted over this, but, and maybe that makes it a lesser story for the time frame. But, you know, this is a Netflix series in the making. You, I want to know what the statute of limitations is. I, I was going to ask that. Like, what, yeah, what, what, I mean, it was what so the statute long of limitations ago, kind of... It's 15 years now. So what is there, do we see this as relevant to some stuff that we're seeing today? Because I yeah, think that's, I do. That's, that's, what the, that's what the comment section wants us to talk yeah. about so Why bad. are we talking about this now? I, I mean, know. the reason why we even dove into it is because it's been brought up so much in relation to the Poker Bunny stuff and people saying, I hope this ends differently. And I think that the way that we're seeing her get cyberbullied a lot is, is very akin to a lot of the cyberbullying that Brandy was receiving on two plus two back then yeah um, i mean i didn't want i i was hoping we didn't go there but i guess we opened the can of worms anyway so but i think that there's definitely different cases but i do think there are similarities in the in the bullying part of it and i think I think we will have to be careful with the way we handle people on the internet, just straight up all these like live streams. Like, so yes, I think that part is something we have to address uh, as a community, just the bullying part. Yeah, for sure. And the, the cyber bullying today is it's tenfold is yeah. worse. It's so like, yeah, I mean like it's bad then, right? You had two plus two, but like now, like if you're getting bullied, on the internet you can't get away from it you yeah. can't get away like you it's not like oh you got bullied at school and you can go home Close and just kind of decompress like, it's now it's everywhere right yeah, it's, it's on so, every social hold media on. it's so different though because it's like so brandy didn't opt into it into it 
right? Brandy no, she didn't, did. She no, did. but she yeah, didn't opt into did. people she talking did. like this. Like, like yeah, yes, she, she did, did certain things, but she wasn't like going she, on a live stream. And like, she, it's it was, way different. It was, a she was the most live frequent stream. poster on two plus two during that time frame. Yeah. Okay. Like, right, I, yeah. I don't mean by sheer volume, but I mean by sheer attention. Like, yes, she opted in. She got six hundred thousand hits on her first yeah. thread, and it was it was like drugs in a vein. Like, there the the posts that still remain demonstrate like how open and active she was with the drama in her life because the posts that still remain are largely innocuous right like they're just like a tale of a weekend trip to la where she watched never win dust off a hundred thousand dollars while he owed like a half a million to the poker so she was just like giving the tea 24 7. it was absolutely invited it just didn't have the same lens that shining a camera in someone's face does right yeah it's a little yeah it was in written form rather than video form. Right. 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 And yeah, it's, you know, she sought out the media too whenever she was playing. So, you know, it, it's, there are a lot of parallels. Like you guys aren't wrong. Uh, the ability to turn on a camera and engage with 10,000 followers on Instagram immediately is akin to being able to fire up a blog post and just have an emotional outpour. Uh, but the response is, always certain to be divisive and the more polarizing of a figure you are the less you're going to hear from the positive side and the more you're going to hear from the vocal minority right That's so true. in in instances like poker bunny sure she'll get some public support because of how much palling on takes place but the palling on is always going to be the the consistent thing you can guarantee when you put yourself open to scrutiny like that and you don't lead with your best foot forward, right? Uh, I think that that's where it's really critical to curate a separate public image from a private one. Like as, as open and as vulnerable as I may appear to be in the public eye, there is a, there is a, a canyon separating my public persona from my private. Like Very you true. guys know things about me. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's really way more goofy than he seems i thought he was like this boring like old guy was, turns out he's just like a huge goofball but I, the yeah, food stuff is real goofball. the food stuff the is food, the food stuff, stuff is, is real. absolutely yeah. insane yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's really boring, boring Only beige foods, but yeah. yeah but but the goofy part is all right yeah and like yeah <laughs> that's cool berkey yeah, yeah. There, there's just like a big aspect and they'll never know I about protect. the women berkey don't worry the <laughs> In the basement look <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> they're not doing me any favors there there's just like you know there's a big part of myself that's only meant for my close intimate relationships right and everybody who grows up in this social media era needs to be very particular about the image that they curate and i think for the younger generation that's a little bit lost because of how much glory and accolades and attention there is in just oversharing basically right uh and I, I think that's where the demise comes from because when you're under that constant microscope you're gonna fuck up everybody fucks up but it, it the, the magnitude by which you feel like the fuck up occurs is a thousandfold maybe uh and it's really difficult to recover from that because you know again life is very variable in nature like every decision we make has thousands and thousands of iterations of outcomes that could possibly happen 
And if we even make it the slightest of error, the the range of outcomes is going to vary. And the more negative they are, the more impactful it feels to us in that exact moment. Well, when you have tens of thousands of eyes scrutinizing that mistake, now it just blows up, right? And And this is where I think we start to see a lot of this tumultuous behavior and uh, a lot of characters both develop and fall in the public eye like that. It, it's worrisome. Like, well, I think especially you know, I, nowadays, I was, but like, imagine people sorry. are becoming um, famous really young now. Like, even when they're teenagers, like on TikTok or on Instagram, and people are garnering platforms where people are all telling them what they are before they even have a sense of self today. Um, and maybe that was partially like somewhat true back then too. But I think that today, like having a sense of self to be grounded in is probably close to a life or death type of thing in, if you're going to have a platform today, because otherwise yeah. you are reliant on the opinions of all these strangers to, uh, and that's what you are basing your self-worth and like your sense of self on. And that's just... A recipe for disaster because the mob can turn at any point the mob can definitely quickly. turn at any point uh for sure they'll like you one day and then you're yeah. not like the the next day and i still can't get over the skolansky thing like what are our closing thoughts on skolansky i would ugh. i want to look up the statue of limitations i don't even want to say what i'd like to do to him okay because i will i will be indicted <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not uh it's not growing a full bush and sending a definitely pick. not definitely not hey i'm not gonna yuck his yum if he likes pubes he likes pubes but <laughs> but I, I would just he well, he should, likes the pubes on the side like you know he, out barely. yeah he has he, to, it has to uh, stick out like I'm, the I'm things saying. that he's written and it's just man i just think jail jail immediately <laughs> <laughs> Go to jail. It, it does have very eerie undertones of the the uh, Sandusky incident at uh, Penn State, less the actual raping element. Um, but I mean more so from like the cover up standpoint. Like it just feels like there's so much more to this story than meets the eye. Um, but maybe not. Maybe maybe it's much ado about nothing. Maybe he the was internet, just very Berkey, The internet about... is awesome though. The internet if. If there is more to the story that Berkey people want to share with us, the people will share with us. The people want to share with us. Please reach out. Because I, I, the scary part about this entire story that while, while we were in pre production is that this is the part that we were able to uncover within a week, right? Online, yeah. not professional journalist, like, but. If the internet gets on this again, reopens this cold case, I think the, I think we might find some some real stuff. Yeah. Poker's got Poker's got a lot of skeletons in his closet, man. I think that there are a lot of guys that are 20, 30 years my senior that grew up in this game in a very unruly time that feel like they've gotten past uh their past effectively. And I got to tell you I can only begin to imagine how many bodies are are buried out there that people don't want to uncover. I mean, just like the casual stories that I've heard in the big game, these aren't even scandalous. They're just like wild to consider. Like Baldwin telling me uh, about underground games that he played in Texas back in the day where people were just like getting shot. Like it was just a common thing. Like 
not common as in it happened dozens of times, but like he has more than one story where somebody brandished a weapon mid-game because they took a beat. Can you imagine? Mm. I mean, it was like the wild. I, I was there. Yeah. I've seen it before. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we slandering somebody? All right. Yeah, people. Well, there's just one person that's saying that this is defamation. I don't think it is because we're we're just putting out the facts of what what was presented allegedly in what he wrote, and we're allowed to have opinions on that. He wrote it. He uh, did write it. That, yeah. Those are his words. Yeah, facts. I mean, True story. Uh, for anybody who wants to double check our our facts, I'll share the links in the bio. You guys are welcome to uh, just kind of poke around yourself, see what you come up with. Uh, oh, man. I the found people, this to be fascinating. Berkey, I, I don't know what the people are asking for. Other stories. They want the Matt Mafriati story. They want that's. I can't even begin. Honestly, the Marifiati thing, I was a lot closer to. Like, I knew him well. Not Bro, well, he but jumped. Like, I played with him a bunch. He jumped from the building. What? Well, I don't know. He jumped from a building that was like literally five blocks from my house in Jersey. Like, yeah. I was in Jersey when he literally jumped from the building. Pretty nuts. Yeah, that's scary. I mean, there could be a whole like scary. mini series about scandals and true crime stuff that's happened within poker. As an insulated people community. want the Lauren Kling and, and Matt Mafriotti. It sounds like every Thursday. Yo, every Thursday. That is that was a wild actually, one, man. I remember that story. Like yo, I remember that's a, that. That's actually a funny one. Listen, right, so next Thursday. No, I'll tell that one, no, tell that that one real quick because it's funny. Uh I'll tell that one real quick because it's funny. I'm not gonna go into all the detail of their relationship. Uh and also like I'll be respectful because I I like Lauren. She's a good person, as far as I can tell. Um, but I was playing 10, 20, 40. This must've been like 2013, uh, during the world series. And I remember it was like me, hot fizzle, uh, and a few other regs. And we're just like grinding. We're all kind of bored. We're just getting ready to wrap a session before we go to bed. And I had a day two the next day. Um, and, uh, I just remember hot fizzle, like jumping out of his seat with his hands on his head, like Yo, you guys have like he's he's scrolling the Facebook feed in mm -hmm. real time of Marifiati, who is just defaming Lauren Kling, who was currently his girlfriend at the time. Yeah, basically like telling her that he stole or that she stole from him and like all this other stuff. And then it takes this turn where he just starts to talk about like, uh, basically like embarrassing sexual acts and and. and things of that nature like grooming and, and stuff like that i it was just like it was hilarious on one hand because he's so fucking unhinged and it's happening in the public eye but also like you can't help but like have a little sense of uh, of empathy and sympathy for both him his family and then more importantly lauren who was like pretty mm -hmm. beloved by everybody in the community it's just like jesus Christ, how is this happening publicly? That was like my first real exposure to uh, social media just amplifying uh, like a public breakup, so to speak. So Thursday? Nah. <laughs> I don't know. We, the people are asking for more stories. They want the, the deep dives. Thursday. Thursday deep dive. There's a lot. The, you know, the Marifiati one's nuts. I saw him like... A lot of people are saying. A lot of people are saying in the in the chat. There, a lot of people are saying it wasn't no suicide. It was a uh, something else. 
Yeah, that's. If it's something think else, that... I don't want to. I don't want to touch it. Yeah, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> touch it. <laughs> For real. Um, For real. I mean, he wasn't well. He he definitely was not well. I saw him a couple years prior to his death, and like he was just talking sheer and utter madness. Like he cornered me in a bathroom. I remember I went to the bathroom during the big game, and he was like playing two five at Aria, and he must have saw me walk in, and he like literally corners me in there, and starts telling me about the Illuminati and how uh, Drake's. Uh, Drake has like a hitman out after him, and I'm just like, bro, I cannot do this right now. I'm buried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drake be in Aria sometimes. I saw a couple posts yeah. of him at the roulette table. Yeah, Pad yeah. said he wasn't um, sure about his roulette strategy. Yeah. <laughs> the roulette strategy is a little suspect. All right, but yeah, right. maybe maybe we'll dig into some some other stories. Uh, leave a comment below if this is something you guys enjoyed. Uh, don't forget to like on your way out. We appreciate all the support. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this, man. I, I just know that there are eerie parallels uh, between this story. Like, I, it just history, feels like history it tends much. to repeat itself. That's what you're scared of. Well, it's, I don't even think tends to, right? Like, I'm sure it wouldn't take much digging to think of other situations where this happened. Like, I can think off the top of my head, seven or eight guys from poker who committed suicide. And I imagine some elements of their story parallel to, to Brandy's, right? And it's like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that it's our job as a community to do better, but this is a community that kind of like lends itself to the unhinged. And it's scary because the spiral is rapid and deep, you know, and there's no vetting process for getting into this community. Like if you have a past gambling problem, Nobody's going to stop you from playing poker. And that's yeah. what furthers that narrative of, of uh, you know, poker being this degenerate game where, where uh, you know, you, you can lose a house. And, like, all of our family members at some point in time were just like, I don't want you playing that game. Uh, you, you know, you're going you're gonna to ruin your life and you have a degree. And I don't want you living off the street, sucking dick for a buy-in type of stuff. You know, it's like... It happens. That's it, it's a stereotype, and it's not a very true one, but it does happen at some frequency, and that's that's kind of horrifying to think of. Melissa, closing thoughts. What's the implication there that closing you turned thoughts? to me after that statement? <laughs> no, <not laughs> no. Uh, I, closing thoughts are: I think I'm glad we did this. I think it's very interesting and important to probably highlight. I sure didn't know about it before diving into this. And this is definitely the type of story that is covered in other industries. So mm -hmm. why not show it? It happens in ours too. Honey? At the moment, I'm asking the only DA I know if there is a statute of limitations <laughs> on cyber suicide by cyber bill. By cyber bill. So we're Our hood lawyer. We're yeah, that's the hood lawyer. Scalancy, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm after you, man. I'm telling hey. you. I'm on that ass. Watch out. <laughs> out. All right, Berkey, take us away. All right, guys, that's going to be a wrap for today. I am still in Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm going to be hopping on the live stream immediately after this, so please stick around. Uh, I'm going to be playing a 320 PKO. I've never really played a PKO. I've literally played one in my life. So it should be a real shit show. I'll be playing cash there as well. If you're in the PA area, come play with me. Uh, I'm giving away $55 phase tickets to BetMGM's 
525 uh 75k guarantee uh also um if you haven't already uh be sure to check out poker out loud the newest episode is out this past monday uh and finally we are doing uh an academy at the end of april it's going to be the 27th through the 30th uh right now we have one seat remaining we're going to open up a second set of nine so that'll be from the 26th to the 29th uh, we'll just be staggering the days. Uh, I've broken this down a bunch, but basically day one will be uh, theory, game theory, um, all the, the basic principles you need to understand, as well as sizing, board textures, formations, uh, and preflop range construction. Day two will be eight full hours of poker out loud play, where you'll be speaking your strategy out loud every time it's your decision to make an action in a hand. Um, day three, we'll go deeper into theory, talking more granular about c-bet strategies flop turn and river strategies uh day four again you'll get another full day of poker out loud and our hopes are that this will become a pretty unique study tool moving forward since it's rather objective and you have all the information available to actually calibrate your sims to the parameters that both your strategy and your opponents are adhering to um Otherwise, that's a wrap for us. We have a pretty loose show tomorrow, so be sure to join us. Brian's gonna bring us in some barbecue to try, right. uh, and we're gonna we're gonna shoot the shit about some of the other things that are going on in the world, such as NFL trades, uh, March Madness, and Melissa's Tinder life. I think is, is be the, the main. <laughs> what Tinder life? It, can we do a deep dive on we, your Tinder life? Can we just clarify? I'm literally like. I live the life of an old woman. I've not been on a date or seen a person romantically in like a year. So you heard it here first. She's I'm looking wise. for a date this nope. weekend. I'm lo- I got a chastity belt on. You're going to need the jaws of life. To try this thing <laughs> your DMs are about to flood like a basement. <laughs> can you know we what? read your DMs after this? Yeah, weekend? we can after read this? some DMs. No, but like the ones oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but I, I am actually oh, yeah. curious. We sent one to Andre. We told him to blur it out, and he said, I quit. Listen, I, I, <laughs> I, I am curious if the people do want us to do these Thursday deep dives for them to leave a comment below on what topic or who they might be interested in us researching. We have a week to look at it. We're going to look at the comments, maybe pick one, mm-hmm. and it might be yours next week. Oh, I'm excited. I, Conrad is like ready. Conrad was built for this. Yo, give me a week on something like this, please. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. All right, guys, that's facts, gonna though. do it for us. Please stay tuned for my live poker stream. We appreciate the support. Smash that like button. Please hit that bell and subscribe. We're here five days a week, bringing you all the news, notes, and gossip that we can from the poker world and all the other areas that we're interested in. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. That's a wrap. I wonder what Doyle. I wonder what's in the Doyle's He's, little closet. Yo, I don't want to know. <laughs>